he who humbles himself will be exalted. That's a, that's a video that I've used before. If, you, if, you, if your journey with us uh, at Connection includes you have been to the primary center where we used to hold services, I used that video in one of my sermons there. This morning is the fourth, service, the fourth Sunday of the month, so we're going to do something here at Connection that we do. Um, and that is called Touch Someone's Life Gift. If you are new to Connection, I don't want to sound snooty, but this is not for you. Okay, We're not requiring this of you. Um, in fact, we don't require it out of anybody. We're looking for dimes, nickels, dollars, pennies. And what we do is we give, we, we, we'll take a, co- a collection in a minute, and this is an offering. This is above, your, this is above a designated tithe. This is, this is a gift. And we're going to pass the bags around, and, and uh, if you're new to Connection, just watch Connection people give. Um, so far, so far, Connection has given almost $8,500 away. $8,500. Now, I don't know about you, but somebody walks up to me with an $8,500 check, I'm going to, like, probably pass out. It's going to be that big of a deal to me. But on certain occasions, there have been some people that walked up and bought a soda for me or, or gave me 5 bucks or 10 bucks or 20 bucks for gas, and that's a big deal. So we're going to take a collection in a minute. If those, if those guys and, and uh, the members that are going to take that offering, go ahead and come forward. They're just going to pass brown popcorn bags along. Um, so as they pass them out, I want you to, uh, if, if, it's, if it's something that you want to give to, give to. If the offering is, uh, is of a, another a big amount, we're going to split it, and I'll give it to two people at the end of the service. Uh, I don't tell you that so you can sit in your seat and, and worry about if Matt's going to pick me, and if he does, am I going to have to come forward at the end of the service and get a bag in front of all these people? If, you don't, if, you don't, if I pick your name and you don't want to, by all means say, hey, I'd rather not do that, and I can pick somebody else. It's not a big deal. But Connection uses this to impact our community. We have committed to touch someone's life gift. It's something that Connection is committed to. Now, if you watch the video, the guy talked about a servant, and, and, and nobody likes to do this. This is not in our human DNA. Our human DNA says that we want to be the best, we want to be the most powerful, we want, want to be the success, and we want to be on the front page of the newspaper and not in the back. We want to have something to show for our life. We want to have uh, success or we want to have great kids that get their master's degrees or we want to have all this. But Jesus himself says, as he stated in that, in that verse, he says, the truly, truly, truly people, the people that I'm looking for, they're the, they're the servants. They're the, the ones that are committed. And I, I want to share with you just a second. Right now, I mean, we, we feel the air. Okay, it's summertime. If, if it gets too chilly on you, uh, Mike said this, bring a hoodie, bring a jacket. Okay, we're going keep to it, keep it cool in here if we can with the summer heat coming. But there are people that I watched this morning intently on purpose, so I could, I'm not going to tell you their names because their names aren't important. But, but I saw people popping popcorn. Some of you I can hear. They're, you're enjoying that. Some people ask me, they say, uh, I said, Matt, why don't you ever eat popcorn at Connection? And on a normal Sunday, I would be leading worship, and I, I appreciate Tim and his willingness to do that and the band um, to play. But I said, you know, if I eat popcorn before I sing, and I sing up here, these people are in danger. <laughs> I'm glad we're all awake today. Isn't laughter awesome? 
Laughter is awesome, but somebody prepared that popcorn. Somebody came early, opened up the doors, heated up the popcorn machine, put the oil and the butter and the salt (laughs) into the machine, and they made popcorn. All so you could enjoy it. Now, they don't do this for praise. Okay? If, you, if you notice on your message map, there, there are no listings of, well, this person did this today, we'll exonerate them. It's not about them. These people understand that it's not about them. They've committed. Okay? They've committed themselves to vacuuming floors or to sweeping off, the, off of the, the concrete. Uh, we have some very, very adamant birds. that Some of you know what I'm talking about. But the light right outside the door. They are just dead set on making a nest there. I help, I help somebody take it down on Wednesday for band practice, and I came this morning, and I'm like, huh, they're back. <laughs> they are very persistent. Okay, I think they're, they're, at more, they're at more church services than we are. Okay? But commitment. Commitment's a big deal. If I said commitment to some of you, the first thing that goes through your mind is my job, and oh, I do not like my job. It's not so much the going to, it's the, if you understood who I worked with, you would understand. If you understood my hours and, and, the, and the benefits that I used to get that I don't get. Commitment is tough. Jesus talks to us about commitment. In fact, he talks about, it, he talks about commitment, as we're going to see this morning, to three or four gentlemen that's life-changing. Commitment can be life-changing if you allow it to. If you have your copy of God's Word this morning, we're going to turn to Matthew. Matthew is in the, in the New Testament. It's the very first book. Um, if you don't uh, know where Matthew is in the front part of your Bible, there is a table of contents. Look up the page number. We're going to have the words on the screen. But it's often the case. I know that I, I find myself, if I have my Bible with me, and something catches my eye, something, something makes sense, I'll underline it. And then whenever I go back past that passage, it makes sense. I say, man, I remember. Uh, I'm so thankful that Mike took the time to go through Luke. And if your Luke looks like my Luke, whew, it's marked up. But every time I read a passage, I can tell, man, I remember what he was preaching about here. I remember the points that he was trying to make here. And I can connect that with my life. See, for two years, he was committed to preaching through Luke. He was committed because it will change our life. It will change our life. If you have your your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 4, and we're going to be in verse 18. It starts like this. It says, verse 18, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Very common scene, the, lake of, the Sea of Galilee, okay? This is, this is the lifeline for these people. Line, fish, get it? Okay, we have to stay awake. All right, Jesus was walking along, I'm sorry, was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Okay, it's just as common, like, let's say Jesus was walking around Rin Lake. Okay, people that fish in Rin Lake, for the most part, do not have to catch their own food to survive in this world. Okay, some people supplement their grocery bill by catching fish. Okay, but these men did this to get a paycheck, to get money, to survive. This was their job. Jesus says this. Jesus was walking along and he saw two guys 
in the boat. Fishing was the huge industry. Fishing in the Sea of Galilee was like working at GT in Mount Vernon. Not everybody does it, but most people do. Most people you talk to have some kind of relation to GT. It's like Jesus walked up to um, your cubicle in your office. Or at my school, he walked into my gym. And Jesus just walks up. He he goes on in verse 19, says this. Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. I often wonder, the first time that these two guys heard this, you're going to be able to fish for people. Like, did it make sense? I don't think, you know, know, Jesus says, you're not going to take a bait caster and a seven foot one piece rod and throw it to your neighbor and whenever he comes outside to get the newspaper, you get him. Okay, that's not what he's talking about. Jesus says, I'm going, to make you, how to, I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. Jesus relates to what they do. No pun intended, but did you catch that? And he's like, oh, full of puns today. Line and catch. Okay, I didn't. All right. No pun intended, but did you catch what he said? You're going to teach them how to fish, but he related. Okay, he related to what they did, and he said, I'm going to keep what you know, and I'm going to teach you how to do something else. He mentioned the word fishing to them. They knew everything there was to know about fishing. That's what they did. If I walked up to some of you and an expertise of your job, and I, I ask somebody that works at General Tire, said, can you explain the process of how you make a tire? And you could just tell me things that I don't know. If you worked at the water treatment plant, I said, how do you treat the water? And you would show me, and I don't, I don't know. If you built a brand new house, not my cup of tea. Okay. Construction, no. Destruction, yes. Construction, no. But if you could show me how to do that, I don't know that. Jesus related to them, men, these men. Do you, do you relate with your neighbors? Do you relate with people at connection? Hmm. Do you relate with people at connection? Do you, do you relate with people in your house? Your mate? There was an old couple that was driving a truck. They were they were elderly and they were they were driving along the country road and and the guy is driving and his sweetheart's on the other side of the the other side of the cab of the truck. And he said, You used to sit real close to me. He goes, now you don't. But but he said something. He said, it's not like the steering wheel has changed. It's still in the same spot. You relate with your mate? Are you you that close and then you can get separated? Do you communicate? Jesus uses the common ground to to take up an opportunity to tell them about what he wants them to do. At Connection, I think we do some, some of the similar things. We relate with people when they come in. I could ask some of you about the first time that you came to Connection. And I've heard this multiple times, so this is a, a kind of a broad statement, but I've talked to some of you after your first time at Connection, and some of the comments were, I've never had that many people talk to me in one Sunday the first time I came to a church. So you sought to relate to people. Some of those people stayed. Some of those people are still here. But you sought to develop a way to communicate. You committed to welcome, making them feel welcome. 
Jesus doesn't ask any questions. This is is not a, hey, can we talk later? You have to understand, Jesus, Jesus Jesus is playing a very, very serious role right here. Okay, this is going to affect the rest of their life. Jesus says this. He says, come and follow me. I will, I will show you how to fish for people. He doesn't ask questions. He said, just come. Follow me. Verse 20, it says this. And they left their office cubicles at once and followed him. Now, I know some of you are thinking, if Jesus came to my office, I would just follow him right out the door. Okay, because I'm tired of that place. Hey, but the, this, is, this, is what they, this is the only thing that they knew. This is what put food on the table. This is it. This is it. Jesus, and look, verse 20 says, And they left their nets at once and followed him. They left the comfort and security of their job. Hmm. Probably fishing was all they had ever known. Would it be scary? Sure, it would be scary. Oftentimes in this, in this world, we, we live in a country where it is very, very easy to get comfortable. It's very easy to get comfortable. Case in point, we have air conditioning to make it comfortable. If we, did, if we shut the air off with the amount of sun that we've been getting, it would be blistering hot in here. We're comfortable. We, we seek comfort. I was challenged about how comfortable that I get when I wrote this sermon. How comfortable do you get in your relationship with your wife? Do I just expect things out of her and, and not, and she's not in here right now, but do I, yeah, she is right there. <laughs> she, she, was getting, she was getting comfortable with her seat, so she switched. <laughs> I love her. I'm so glad. I'm, I tell people all, a lot of time, I said, I'm just so thankful that my wife puts up with me. But it's, it's, about, it's about the comfort. And I was challenged by that. Do, do I get so comfortable with the relationship that I have with my wife that I choose not to communicate with her, that she just got that? Or do I, do I seek to go home and say, you know what, I appreciate. Uh, yesterday we had a birthday party for Lydia. She'll be three on Tuesday. And I said, after everybody had left, I said, you did a fantastic job of what you did today. And she said, oh, you did too. The only thing that I did was grill. Okay, she was in charge of making the cake and decorating. You ladies know what goes into a birthday party. And I said, I, can't, I, can't, I just can't thank you enough. See, if I don't allow myself, if I, if, I, if, I, if I allow myself to not get comfortable, that's the kind of communication that I have. Okay, in, inside her, if you can imagine uh, a, a tank that says, man, how much does my husband love me? Every time I communicate with her like that, it, 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 boosts, it boosts the level. I put into her love tank. I put into how I can communicate with her. How much I love her. It's easy to get comfortable. Jesus didn't ask these guys to be comfortable. Leaving everything. They left everything. He asked them to commit. Some of you have your internal radios on right now and I mention the word commit and you go click and turn it off. You do not want to hear what I'm going to say. I know where Matt's going about this. We need more volunteers to do this. We need more volunteers to do this. I'm going to talk about things besides that today. He asked them to commit. 
Being committed to something is not this, this word. It is not handy. It is not convenient. Case in point. Have you ever committed, said you would go, to something, and when that time came, it wasn't convenient, or it wasn't fun, or you knew it wasn't going to be a good time to go to that certain thing? Okay, we see some head, heads nodding, okay? It's not convenient. It's not convenient. I've gotten a phone call at the latter parts of 10, almost 11 o'clock at night before. Somebody said, I need to talk to somebody right now. It, the first word that I, that I said, I roll over to Mary if I'm in bed. I said, man, I just can't wait to get up. This bed's not comfortable anyway. No! <laughs> no, I would rather sleep. But that person understood whenever I went out and met them, and I didn't talk to them for 20 minutes. They needed to tell me something. They needed to vent. They needed, they needed to be, they have some, they needed me to be a soundboard, get my, get my advice, whatever it was. But that person understood that I was committed to helping them. Commitment is not easy because I could have stayed in my bed very easily. It's like pushing a snooze button. Some of you are rolling your eyes and laughing because the snooze button is the number one thing that wears out an alarm clock. And some, some, of, you, some of you might toss it gently or throw it against the wall. I've put, I put mine on the other side of the room, that way I have to get up. Um, but it's something that we're committed to. In these times where it's not convenient, I have to do this. I have to remind myself that I'm not doing it for me. It's not about me. In my relationship with God, it's not about me. It's about honoring God. And God says, I'm going to use you to impact this guy's life, or this lady's life. I'm going to use you, but you have to be committed to me. And no, this is what Jesus was saying. He said, this is not going to be convenient. These guys didn't know when they answered yes. When they left their nets at once and followed him, they had no idea what they were doing in all reality. To their physical life, they were signing a death, a death certificate. All of the disciples were killed because of their faith, except one. And he was exiled to an island where he died. But they didn't know it, but they, they were committed. If you have your yellow piece of paper, it has some blanks on it in the middle. To your worship handout. And there's some blanks to fill in. So if you have a pen, this is the first one. It says, as a follower of Jesus, we should commit ourselves to do what God wants us to do. You are, you are sitting inside of a church where weekly, sometimes daily, monthly, yearly, whatever the case may be, where individuals have committed to the work that God is doing here. I don't think very many people walk through that door without somebody greeting them, handing them a worship handout, and say, or saying good morning. The, 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 the first impression people were here this morning before the majority of you were. And it was, hey, how you doing? And the popcorn was ready and it smells good and the Dunkin' Donuts coffee is so good. And I thank people that do that. We have some people that show up like this. But some people come, they sit, they listen, and they leave. It's convenient for them because there's no commitment. There's no tie. Don't miss the opportunities that connection has. Huh. Some of you are thinking, man, Matt's now using opportunity to get us to do something. There's an opportunity for you to serve. 
I know of three, I know of three people this summer in connection that are being used to serve and they're, and they're not staying in the comforts of their own home. This summer, they're going to work and to serve. If you are a follower of God, God wants you to be a part of His work. When Jesus said, come follow me, these men left everything and they went. There was not, hey, let's hang out for a second, let's tell dad bye. It says they left. They gave up everything they knew. It goes on in verse 21. It says, and a little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets, and he called to them too. Now, he says just a little bit further up the shore. Now, if you watch from a distance, or these guys had just watch, watched the first two, and they saw Jesus walk up, he said something to them, they got out of the boat and left. Some of us, if we were in the other boat, we would get out of our boat and run before that guy got there. Like, what is he doing? But these two, James and John, says they were sitting with their dad. This is, this is a family-oriented business. James and John had probably been taught as soon as they could swim well enough to go with their dad to help repair the nets, get the fish, and to earn a living. That's how they did it. It says they were repairing their nets, and he called to them too. Jesus calls to James and John. Jesus is invading family time. Whoa. That's my sacred time. That's my, that's my holy time. I'm going to say this as nice as I can. Your priorities should not have your family above the relationship with, that you have with Jesus Christ. It's not biblical. But Jesus says right here, He says, I'm calling you. I want you. I need you. He's invading family time. Jesus calls them and he says the same thing. He says, come follow me. (laughs) Verse 22, they immediately followed him. Leaving the boat, watch this, and their father behind. They left their father sitting in the boat. They probably said, hey, I got to go. What if you're the father? All of a sudden, these two, these two men are, are probably 20s, okay, 30s maybe, young guys, very good workers. They'd worked for his whole life. They know how the boat, if you've ever been on a boat with somebody that likes to keep a boat a certain way, these guys knew how their dad liked the boat. Now, here's the problem. Now he's lost two workers. He has to go find two workers. Hey, we've got three people that are leaving that do jobs and connection for the summer. We need people to fill their spot. Zebedee would, have, would be looking for new workers. In your worship handout, we have the next blank. It says, your relationship with God should be your first commitment. Having a relationship with God should be the single most important thing in your life. See, <laughs> this one hits home with me. This one really, 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 really hits home with me. How many people live in Wayne County? Anybody live in Wayne County? Okay, two. In Wayne County, Penny Shreve, who writes with the Wayne County Press, puts out a little publication. I'm not sure even the name of it, but it's a little bitty magazine once a month. And I'm not... 
please don't see, oh, Matt's up on stage, and when he gets a chance, we're just going to brag about Matt. I'm going to tell you about how this hurts me. Your relationship with God. I have a problem with this word. First. See, it wasn't always that way. It used to be her. It used to be a game. It used to be everything else except God. And this hurt. This hurts to write down. It hurts to tell you. I'm, so, I'm ashamed. <laughs> your relationship with God should be your first commitment. Having a relationship with God should be the single most important thing in your life. See, when I was dating Mary in college, I had my priorities completely out of whack. you've dated, you obviously dated, if you have a mate, you dated, it was very important for me. Okay, I've already told you about how the party went, and the party went well. I knew that she was going to be an awesome wife. I didn't want to lose her. I'd take her out to eat. I'd take her to get ice cream. We'd do this, we'd do this, we'd do this, we'd do this. I wanted to impress her. I loved her. And I let that commitment or that relationship climb to the top of the ladder. Going camping with a group of people on a weekend with a group of our friends completely superseded staying and going to church on Sunday. There's nothing wrong with camping. There's nothing wrong. I love to camp. But my relationship with my wife, this is how my priorities went. Mary, baseball, friends. Notice God isn't even in the top three. And when I had time, Somewhere five, six, seven down the list was my relationship with God. I tell you what, if you keep a priority list just like mine, your life goes fabulous. No. I started meeting with a guy. See, some of you, some of you here might say, there were the guys that mentored me. There were guys that, that put into me. There were guys that listened to me. This is a common denominator in, in, in our lives. I had, I had a guy that I went to church with when I went to church. There were three of us guys that, 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 that would go to church together. It's a Unity Baptist Church. And I met these gentlemen, John and Jeff Overstreet. If anybody is into guns or shooting, these two guys own Central Missouri Machine Gun. They do a couple dollars worth of business. But they don't let... They, they have, this, they have this business, but to this day, if you go out there at about 7 o'clock in the morning and they show up, they have prayer, and then they go to work. See, they've committed to that. They said, however big this gets, we're putting God first. It doesn't matter. Because your job, your business, your success can get above God. And they try to keep a handle on this. But I met with John. And he challenged me. This is, some, ever, I think some of you have had a person in, the, in your life like this where they come and they come into your life and they challenge you. John could say things to me and I would listen to him. Some people could say things to me and I would just ignore them. But John was placed in my, God put him in my life. He was very blunt with me. I'll never forget one day he said, he said, can I say something very honest to you? going to hurt. Can I be honest with you? 
Sure. He said, your priorities are completely out of whack. And he showed me this verse. He goes on to look what it says in Matthew. He says this. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. But what, look at the first. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Above your relationship with Mary. Above your vehicle. Above sports. Above this. Above friends. Above God first. Today, my relationship with God is, is to be above Mary. Above my kids. Above my family. My house. My job. My money. My car. You're everything Seek God above everything. Now, some of you are saying, wow, that's, that's, this is tough. Because it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. You know what, Matt? I'm successful in my business. I'm successful in this. I worked very hard. Listen, you're asking yourself this question. How can God expect that from me? I've worked really hard to get this stuff. It's not your stuff. I know, I know people that are very, very, very wealthy. And when they die, their money is going to get, metaphorically, recirculated into the economy of the, of the country. Seek God first. And, but, the last line. You will get, he, you, he will give you everything you need. Now, what do I do about my truck? I drive a 1996 truck, has 189,000 miles on it. It's paid for. Thank you, Jesus. Some of my family members, not my mom and dad, some of my family members said, when are you going to get a new truck? I'm not going to choose to spend my money like that right now. Now, Dodge, I drive a Dodge. Dodge came out with the Sportsman Edition truck last year. A lot of you are nodding your heads, and everybody. I think there's a lot more people besides me in this room that would like one. And they're about, I don't know, forty-five or 50,000, you know, half my house. And <laughs> listen, don't go away saying, man, Matt is just screaming, don't buy a new car. That's not what I'm saying. If I went out, could I find, well, yeah, man, they'll let you make payments for like 28 years now. Anybody can get it. But it's not a priority that I need. Okay, God says he's going to give you everything you need. If I go home, if God senses that I need it and he somehow puts a check in my mailbox, says, Matt, you know, on the memo line, says, Matt, this is for your new Dodge. I don't think that's going to happen, okay? But if that happened, God's going to give us everything that we need. Everything that we need. I know a story of a guy that was going on a, on a mission trip, and they had to get somewhere, and they, they, they did not have enough gas to make it. Did not. Did not. Stopped at a guy's house. They were outside in their yard. He said, this is just crazy. You happen to have any gas? I need to get here. Boom. Showed up. They prayed. They said, God, we need, we, need, we need you to answer this prayer. Boom. Gas. They went. Hey, God gives us everything that we need. Many of you can tell me stories just like that. But we have to seek God above all else. How in the world can God expect this out of me? He created you. He desires to have a relationship with you. Do you like, if you like your job or if you don't like your job, God allowed you to get that job. He gave you the talents that made you uh, attractive to the people that were hiring for that job. He gave His Son for you. 
I don't have to go into this about how much I don't deserve or you don't deserve to have a relationship with God. Our sin, it says, our sin separates us. That means we can't get on God's level anymore. So why, why, why seek God above all else? He created a way that you can have a relationship with Him. He gave us Jesus. Jesus came to this earth and He died for us. Some of you are saying, man, committing is going to be difficult. Yeah, it's not convenient. Committing your life, your thoughts, and your actions to God is tough. Now, in your worship handout, I made a little bit of a list. Now, this list is not for this. We're not going to be legalistic about this list. Okay? There's four things in your message map. I do not want anybody saying at the end of this service, I do three out of four, 75% is good, and I got a C on my report card. No. No, no, no. And if you get all four, okay, good. There's probably other areas that you could work on, okay? This is not, I don't want us to be legalistic. Oh, my relationship with God is okay because Matt's test said I'm four for four. That's an A plus, and I'm good. That's not what God's saying here. Okay? We go into the message, message map in your worship handout. I'm sorry. Number one, commit your first thought. Some people's first thought when you wake up in the morning is coffee. I'm not joking. Some of you are laughing. That's my people. Okay. Coffee. I want to get woke up. Hey, some of us first thought is, I got to go to the bathroom. Some of us is, holy cow, I didn't get enough sleep. Some of us that are anticipating having a bad day or you got a meeting that you don't want to attend is, is the, oh, it's that day. And it just instantly starts draining you. I'm not talking about rolling out of bed, having a five-point sermon with an invitation, two altar calls, and four offerings here, okay? I'm not talking about a super sensational worship service with just you in your, in, your, in your bedroom when you wake up. I'm talking about this. You roll out of bed. Before you wake out of bed, before you, before you roll out of bed, you say, God, I need you today. Be with me. Help me see ways to serve you. Help me, help me find ways that I can bring glory to your name. See, watch that. It's how we can bring glory to God. Not, God, I need all this. Commit your first thought. The next blank says this. Commit your first day. I could go into why we worship on Sunday. Okay? And not Saturday anymore. But we commit our first day. Now, in connection, we made that easier. You can come to 10 o'clock or you can come to 4.30. Commit your first day. Come and hang out with people. I heard a guy this morning. This, this blessed me almost to tears this morning. I was standing outside. This guy walks up before most of you got there. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not meaning that demeaning. He just got here a little bit early. And he, he came up and he walks up to the people that are standing outside. And he goes, good morning to my church family. Hello, family. This is a guy that's committed his first day and he understands about the relationships that God is making here. Some of you have people in this church you would trust with your life. Some of you, I could, I could name you personally, people that you could go to. And I would say, you talk to this person about how they were three years ago. You talk to them, I'll talk to you about the commitment that they showed to put God's word into their life, to meet with people weekly, to be mentored. These people are not the same. They're not. They're not the same. I'm not the same. 
can't tell you how thankful I am for somebody that took time, people that take time to put into me. They take time. They've committed when it's not handy, when it's not convenient, when they don't feel good, when the weather's bad. They come and they meet me. And they speak their truth into my life that God's taught them. And I sit back and I act like a sponge and I soak it in. But I only get to hold that until I meet with somebody and then I get to squeeze and pass it on to somebody else. That's commitment. Committing your first day. Commit to coming to church. You got two options. 10 or 4.30. Oftentimes Mary, Mary will wake up she goes, oh, it's our Sunday to vacuum. Did you see my attitude? She's like, hey, we got to clean today. So we come in here and we vacuum. Now listen, I'm not telling you that for any kind of special praise, but it, it's a big deal to us. It's a big deal. I watched, I watched high school age people this morning clean the windows in here. It was awesome. Why? They committed to do that. So you could have a nice clean building to come and worship in. The next one says this. Commit the first 10% of your money. Some of you are thinking, you got me to number one, you got me with number two. Number three, I can't hear you anymore. Commit the first 10% of your money. Some of you still aren't listening. <laughs> you still have the mute button on. You say, oh, I saw the word money. Push the mute button, push the mute button, push the mute button. Commit the first 10% of your money. Why? Because it's God's. It's His. There's a story, a story about this, and I've shared this with some people. That I, I'm, I, I turned 34 last Saturday. Okay? My age, of, my age of people that have young kids, one of the hardest target areas of groups of people to get to plug into churches, let alone tithe. Okay? My wife and I tithe. Mary didn't grow up with the same thinking. She gave money to her church. Not the same thinking as I did with this. When I was younger, I'd mow a yard, say I get $15. Say I get $15. I didn't take the money to go buy gas. I didn't take that money and do oil change or whatever, sharpen the blades on the mower. Dad said the first, the first time you get paid for that person, you take 10% out of it, put it in an envelope. Sunday, you give it to your church. Some of you, first time people, our guests, our family here, the interconnection, say, man, first Sunday I show up, my, or Matt's talking about tithing. He wants, that's all they want is our money. I've heard Mike say this from the pulpit. If, if your concern is that we are just so concerned with your money, take your 10% and give it to somebody else's church. Whoa. We're not worried about that. And what, we are, what, 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 want, what we want to happen is to God, for God to show you the blessing of it is. I told Mary, you know, we, we read that verse earlier. It says, God will give you everything we need. Everything that we need. Not the new Dodge truck. Everything that we need. Okay? Uh, food. Milk. Bread. Need. I told Mary, I said, I said, when we get married, the first time we get our paycheck out of our gross, we're going to take 10% out of that. That's the first check we write for the, for the bill section of our, of our money. That's, that's what we're going to do. Okay, she's extremely financially intelligent. Very, very money smart. Very, very money smart conscious. And she goes, sometimes that's not going to be an easy check to write. You're first married. It's 23. And I told her this. 
I said, this is something that my dad and mom told me. And I'm going to, I'm going to share it with you because I've never found fault in it. I said, if we, write the, if we write a tithe check for the very first check out of our gross money, and we can't buy the things that we need to survive, we'll never write another one. We've been married almost 11 years, and we write that check the very first time. Still, it works. See, when you commit things to God, He says, man, yeah. God is the guarantee. You commit to God, He says, numerous times in the New Testament, when you commit to me, then I will bless, then I will give. Just because you write a tithe check does not mean you're going to go home and find $50,000 in your mailbox. That's not how God works. We have money that we now can buy somebody's Coke, buy somebody's meal. It's not our money. It's not ours. The last one. Worship handout, number four. It says, commit to give God consideration in every decision that you make. This is a hard one for some people. This is a harder one for some people than the last one. Why? Because we like to fly off the handle. If, 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 a, if a decision comes and it's something that, that riles us up internally, the first thing we want to do is strike. We want to say something just immediately. How about this? Commit to give God consideration in every decision that you make. Should we go to church this morning? Should we make plans when we go out of town for the weekend to be back by at least the 4.30 service so we can associate with our family at church this week? What would God think about if I said this to that person? You can ask her. I ask that all the time. I said, how do I, how do I respond and not be negative? I don't want to be mean. I want to get my point across, but I don't... I ask her. I ask her all the time. But I choose to do that because I want God to be honored in things that I do. Okay, I'm committed... I want God to work in my life. I want people to be affected, not by me, but by the God inside of me. Okay? I, don't, I, don't, I don't play this game of life for a trophy. I don't play this game of life for a new truck. We need to commit to give God consideration in every decision that you make. Young people have this question. I've got to ask this more than one time. They say this. How in the world can I know what God, God wants from me? How do I know which college to go to? How do I know what I'm supposed to do in life. God says this in the next screen. He says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do and He will show you which path to take. Here's the, here's the answer. If you commit... Now, Psalms 37.4, we don't have enough time to go there. Psalms 37.4 says this. Delight yourself in the Lord and you shall receive the desires of your heart. It does not say you'll get everything you want. The desire of my heart used to be to completely exonerate and honor her. God changed my heart. Then it used to be baseball. I said, God, I love playing baseball. Now I find absolute, complete pleasure with coming on Wednesday nights and, and, and Sunday mornings and Sunday afternoons to play in a group of people that it's not about them. <laughs> that we get to play music to honor our God. 
See, God changed my heart from a, from, from a heart of egotistical, I want to lift Matt up, I want to have Mary as my number one, I want to have my friends as my number one, and he says, no, 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 no. If you delight yourself in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. Some people's desire of the heart is to be rich. That's not what God's talking about. He says, if you, whatever path you want to take, if you honor me and you live, and you give me every consideration and you, you are faithful, God's going to show us with path, which path to take. He says that's a promise. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Are you worried about which path God has for you? Oh, whoa. The, the path that God said is going to be scary. I don't think you understand, Matt. I'm going to leave my house for three months and I'm going to, all I'm going to do is serve and I'm not going to be home. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. God doesn't make mistakes. It's not in his character. Verse 6 says, if you seek him, he will show you. Check out this other verse in uh, Proverbs chapter, chapter 16. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Not for personal gain. We can't look at this like this. It says this, commit your actions and everything you do. And everything you do translates back over into the New Testament. We find in 1 Corinthians that whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we are supposed to do it all for the glory of God. That's what it says. God wants us to commit to Him. He wants us to commit everything to Him. Without commitment, this church doesn't exist and function the way that it does. It doesn't happen. You're going to choose how you're going to commit today, this afternoon, this week, next month. We have people that commit to give money. We have people that commit to take care of kids. I am so, I'm a dad of two kids that are involved in that part of the building, the west side of the building. If you teach, if you sweep a floor, if you do anything for that, I want, I want to tell you personally from me, thank you. My girls aren't the same as they used to be. They know more about God because people committed to give. They're gonna, there's people that God has gifted to work with little kids or to, to, to design programs to help little kids understand who Jesus is. And I thank you. That's it. You, don't under, you don't understand how big of a deal that is. I ask Emma or Lydia what they learned in church. They have something to say. It's not, well, we played dominoes. No, games are cool. I'm, I'm down with that. But the teachers take the games and they relate them to how, how God is working, what God does. They teach them how to serve. They teach them how to pick up toys and serve. They take care of children. They teach in kids rock. They play or sing in the band. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Well, Matt's up there preaching today. He's a worship leader usually, and he, he's just going to make a plug for the band. Here it is. <laughs> now, I want, to tell you, I want to tell you this because it's important. We have a 10 o'clock worship. You see, every, you see full band. Listen, at 4.30, if you came back on most Sundays, you'll see a full band again. People are committed. Now, what we need is this. If you sing or you play an instrument, you come talk to me. Because sometimes there's room for you to come up here and sing. I want to work people on it. It's okay to give somebody a break sometimes. They've been committed. There's, believe me, I can call them. I can come. Just this past week, I came to them. I said, I need this and I need this. They looked at me because they have their priorities straight and they said, 
That's something that you need? Okay. If you've ever led a group of anybody and you're able to go to those people and say, hey, I could, I could really use help here. Okay. You know how big of a deal that is. We need people to volunteer to work in, in little kids, in the nursery, in baby gap. Take out the trash. Be in first impressions and greet people when they come in. Deter the birds from making the nest and the lights. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Maybe you're sitting there and you say, man, when, when you talked about commitment and those four steps, you really got a hold of me. I want to challenge you. You take that yellow piece of paper home this week and you remember, you remember my story and apply it to what you have. My priorities were so out of whack. So out of whack. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I have them all right today. Every day. Every hour. Every minute. Maybe you need to get involved in a connect group. Whoop. Connect group. Connect group. Not convenient. Not convenient. It's like lost in space. Danger, Will Robinson. Okay? The people on this road didn't get that. <laughs> and I just watched the reruns. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but whoa, 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 connect group. Whoa, that's invading on the night of our week for the first three weeks and if there's any kind of holiday in those three weeks we don't have it and I can tell you right now being involved in Connect Group has changed my life it, is in, it has changed my wife's life it has changed Emma's and Lydia's life this is not something that I'm just spontaneously saying hey you should get involved in if you physically want to put God number one and want to see a life change you go get involved you dig you dig in you, you see what this connect group leader does, develops, brings to you, and you soak it in. I'm telling you, it's life-changing. It is life-changing. When you commit to God, it will change your life. Maybe you have abilities of teaching. Maybe you have abilities of seeking, singing, or, or playing, or vacuuming, or washing, or greeting, or cooking popcorn or coffee. At, a, at Connection, we want you to get plugged in. We want you to get connected. Pun intended. We want you to get connected here. Okay? We want you to get connected. Because when we get connected and we look at this, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. If Connection is going to be a church like it, like it can be, people are going to have to commit. People are going to have to put God as their first priority. With that said, do we have... Uh, the money for the touch someone's life gift. Three hundred and twelve dollars and nine cents. I'll tell you what. I don't normally get to do this because normally Mike is the pastor and he's preaching on Sunday, but I tell you what, I can sit wherever I sit, and every time that Mike announces this, it bl- it blows me away again. People of Connection gave $312 that we're going to divide up into $156.05 per bag. And I'm going to give it to two people. Hmm. Terry Lowry, you take one of these. 
And let's see. There you go. Here's a piece of paper that shows you what to tells you what to do. And uh, Tim Halbin. Some instructions right here. Thank you. Thank you guys for being willing to do that. I would. What I would really like to do is this. I'd like to. But you couldn't do it without their permission. But I'd love to. I'd love to see how this money would just impact people. Just how it would bless them. That's what connection is about. Connection is about showing this community how being committed to God can change our life. If you don't believe me, you come and talk to me sometime and I'll show you how God has changed my life. It is just so amazing to see what God does in this church. I challenge you to get connected. I challenge you to get plugged in. I challenge you to commit yourself. Just bow your heads with me. I'm going to close in prayer. After I say amen, we are dismissed. God, we love you. God, we ask that you just be with us today. God, some of us are going to go out to eat in a restaurant. Some of us are going to go eat at home. God, if we come in contact with somebody, we just be able to share your love with them. We commit to do that, God. I just thank you. I thank you for this group of people that came here on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. I thank you for their families. I thank you for what they stand for. I thank you for, God, I thank you for their abilities. I thank you for their commitment to show up. God, help us. Help us to keep you number one. If we commit to put you number one, you'll show us the paths to take. Thank you, God, for your word. I thank you, God, for your son. In Jesus' powerful and holy name that I pray. Amen.